will create an emotional response all the time. You get it, right? All the time that happens. That, and then some of you who are very intelligent and uh, I would say very godly, uh, when they see this, they just go, oh, maybe. But again, symbols uh, cause us to have different uh, reactions. Uh, they're designed that way. They're to teach us something, remind us something, catch our attention some way. Uh, Cindy and I like to uh, have discussions over these two symbols. I'm definitely a Pepsi, the next generation kind of guy. And she's only a few years older than me, so that's why she likes Coke. But anyway, so, you know, you know these, these symbols, they create different things. Uh, this symbol goes without saying. Okay, you know. And then, you know, that there's just symbols that cause all kinds of trouble. And, uh, you know, last uh, week there were some symbols talked about, and it was very bothersome to me. And I just want to give you just a little bit of a preview of that. Oh, you are an evil man. <laughs> well, if the Bills are playing the Patriots today, or the Bills are 4-2 and two and the Patriots are 1-5. and five. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. Kevin, would you please stand up? Put the camera on him. No, just kidding. All right, all right, all right. You know, okay. You know, you know. So there we go. Uh, there's. Uh, this just makes. You know, uh, you know. Even you know, God is for the Patriots, but uh, he's been giving. He's been giving everybody just a little breathing room because they can't win the Super Bowl every other year. So I'm sorry about that. But uh, anyway, so this morning we are talking about symbols. And there are two symbols, maybe three, that we see come off the pages of Scripture. We just celebrated one of them, baptism. And the symbol baptism is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And the fact that when someone says yes to Christ, acknowledges their need for a Savior, places their trust in God's hands and begins to walk in that way. There's a repentance, which just means this idea of saying, I am going to follow you and start to shake that out, start to integrate what it means to follow you, work out my salvation is another way of saying that. When that takes place, baptism is just a beautiful, uh, a, a beautiful symbol of that. That's number one. And then also, some of you got very nervous when you saw we were having communion today. You're like, baptism, communion, sermon? When will we go home? Maybe this will roll right into next week. It won't. Maybe this evening, but no. And anyway, so symbols, it's just really important. Communion, once for baptism, communion regularly. And we'll talk about both of those. And then there's also some uh, faithful Christ followers, uh, uh, we see the uh, importance of it. We see the demonstration of it. Uh, we wouldn't say it's one of the, the top two ordinances or two ordinances of the church, but there's also this idea of foot washing. And I've done actually a wedding where the couple had, they washed each other's feet. And the symbolism of that was very powerful. Jesus did that to demonstrate where to serve one another. And this husband and wife wanted to set 
their day out, starting out their life together officially as serving each other. Very powerful, but even as even if you're not married to somebody, we ought to be serving each other. But we're going to be talking about the two symbols, baptism, which we've really already talked about, and then also this idea of, um, of, of communion. So we see that in 1 Corinthians, if you want to follow along in your message guides. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Jesus is our example of that. If, if, if there's no resurrection, if there's no power over the grave, Christianity, in theory, is just a bunch of nice little sayings to help you live life nicely. The resurrection has to take place. That shows the power that God will restore our relationship with him through Christ and Christ does that. So it's of utmost importance. And then we have, this is what happens in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace. A new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. So what are some symbol basics when we talk about this? So the why. Why, why, do, why do we do this? You see, we have to be very careful when we have symbols. It's very easy to have a symbol that you take for granted that you get used to, that your mind is not engaged with. We all have those kinds of symbols. Um, right now, I can uh, give a symbol to Cindy, if she's watching online right now, that said, I loved you. You probably didn't pick it up, the little hand thing we do, you know, but uh, she gets that symbol. Now, if I do it all the time, it doesn't mean anything. If I do it every once in a while, it means something. So we have to be careful. Symbols are great tools but you've got to keep the meaning ahead of them. Sometimes when people add symbols to faith, they're great for a time, but then people forget what they're doing. But the two symbols that Jesus has us do is this idea of baptism and communion. Now, when Eugene Peterson translates this idea of communion, he says this. He says, come to this meal in holy awe. You see, he, he doesn't want us, Paul doesn't want us to lose sight of the significance of celebrating communion. Uh, it's very easy. Oh, I remember as a little kid, you know, it's uh, the adults must be getting, you know, cookies and, and juice for, you know, in big church today. You know, that's what I thought about it. And in our family and my growing up and then with our kids, you know, we waited until the kids got baptized is the rule about that. But we, if the kids could understand baptism for us, then they could understand what communion meant. We, didn't want, we wanted it to have meaning for them. So that was important for us. We wanted them to understand that. So coming to this meal in holy awe, we wanted it to be wow. We wanted it to be wow for ourselves. We don't want it to just be commonplace. Now, last night, um, we, we had a meal with um, Hannah's fiance's family, 
And as you can see, uh, different cultures, he's Indian. So we went to an Indian food restaurant. That was wow. That was very wow. My mouth is still burning from what we had last night. And they all acted like it wasn't that hot. But it was hot. And so we was a wow. We're going to remember that. I, I don't know why we didn't go to Five Guys. It was just around the corner. But th this was Indian food. And thinking about the wedding, there's going to be some Indian food there. And it was wow. It was wow, 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 wow. When you and I come to celebrate communion, when we do any symbol, and it's Jesus' ordained symbol, that's an ordinance of the church, Christ followers locally and worldwide, universal, all Christ followers that have ever followed Christ, we have to have some awe with it. Now, I don't know what it's going to be like when Mariah marries this young man. He's from Canada, so I don't know what that kind of food is going to be like. But uh, anyway, it's the idea of coming to holy awe with the meal. There needs to be a why because it represents something. It represents what Christ has done for us. Baptism does that. We see the baptism and the resurrection, and we need to realize that the baptism does that. But we also need to realize that communion does something very powerful. Now, when we celebrate communion, we need to realize that it's, it, from our perspective, it's a remembrance. It's a symbol. There's nothing super special in the ingredients besides the fact that Jesus told us to use some kind of bread to represent his body and some kind of juice. Uh, he said grape juice to represent his blood because we would say without the remission of, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. You can go back to the Old Testament, Older Testament, and see that that's all pointing to that. So there's this idea that it represents, and we need to understand that, that it represents him. And this is what Paul says. And when he had given thanks, this is Jesus, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So when you and I, when we celebrate communion, and uh, when we do that, we're remembering that Christ gave his life, his body, that there was the shedding of his blood, which points to the Older Testament and also to the idea that, uh, that the, the lifeblood represents forgiveness of sin. And so it's, it's a representation of that. It also declares, it's a declaration. So when you and I are, you know, when you and I um, are baptized, it declares that we've said we're following Christ. We're going to follow Christ the best we know how. We're engaged in walking with Christ, and that's what it's about. And so we do that. And when you and I celebrate communion, it's a declaration. It's saying, you know, Christ made a transformational, Will said, difference in my life. Changed everything. And because he's changing everything, I want to have that declaration. I want to remember that. And so we remember it regularly. And we hear this, every time you taste this bread and every time you place the cup to your mouth and drink, you are declaring, declaring is no more fancy than saying, telling others the Lord's death, which is the ultimate expression of his faithfulness and love until he comes again. 
So no matter what's going on in your week, if you're a Christ follower, if you've said yes to Christ, when we gather and remember, it's a declaration, it's declaring that Christ has changed everything and we have the hope of the next chapter of life and it puts everything into perspective, no matter how hard it is. So it's a declaration. Declaration. We also need to understand when we do it. Again, for, commu- for a baptism, uh, we do that as believers, so we only need to be baptized once when we've said, yes, I'm in and I want to show that I'm a Christ follower. Uh, sometimes uh, we say yes to Christ, and then we have to figure out what baptism means. That's why we have to offer a little class information so you can figure out what all that means. Uh, we want to make sure that we're very clear that it's not an act that makes you right with God. It's an expression of that. Sometimes groups out there are trying to do all these good things, and doing all these good things, they're saying, well, then that makes me pleasing to God. And yes, it, it can make you pleasing to God, but, but it's never enough. None of us are good enough to earn our own way to God. That's why Christ died for us. If we could then Christ's death is kind of a waste because we should just be good enough. And then Jesus wouldn't have to die. But there was no other way for us to be right with God. He was the ultimate lamb of God sacrificed once, and that's it. doesn't have to be done anymore. So we think about that when we're thinking about when and we're thinking about baptism. When we think about, uh, again, all these ideas about uh, about breaking bread, about communion. Uh, The church, when it first uh, started off 2,000 years ago, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. This is in Jerusalem. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They couldn't get enough of remembering what Christ had done for them. There's a little message in there for us. Not to make us feel horrible, But I do sometimes go, oh, it's communion Sunday. It's going to go a little longer. I say that. Just imagine what you say. Oh, boy. I should be saying I can't get enough of it. I love slowing down and celebrating what Christ has done for me, for us. And I want to always be remembering. It was so revolutionary for the early church. They did it all the time. And then sometime, just like it happens with all of us, it became so frequently they forgot what they were doing, lost some of its meaning. So now we've kind of adjusted, you know, the pendulum swings one way and then other way. And now we try to celebrate communion about once a month. So we're trying to keep it fresh, not, oh, it's communion. It's we can't get enough of it. I love when it is communion Sunday. Again, who, who should be celebrating it? Uh, Who should be celebrating communion is those who have said yes to Christ. Who should get baptized? Believers. Now, if you're here this morning and you have not decided to follow Christ, you've not said yes to him, and this isn't to make it easier or whatever for you, if you celebrate communion, it's not like you're in big trouble with God. It's just that you're just doing something ritualistic that doesn't really mean anything to you. Kind of, you know, could, could be offensive a little bit, you know, to somebody. Oh, you're just kind of going through the motions. 
It's actually a bigger deal. Hear me, Christ followers. It's a bigger deal if you celebrate communion and you're playing games with God. Because you're saying, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for being risen again. Thank you for all that that means. But I thank you just enough because I kind of feel good about going to heaven. But when it comes to tomorrow, Monday, the difference you've made in my life is not going to show up until I live. Ooh, that should be scary. That should make us feel uncomfortable. You and I should reflect communion, walking with God, not once a week by going to church for an hour and something, but regularly. And we should say, I can't get enough of that because I want to follow Christ. And yes, it takes work, it takes effort, it's not easy, it can be difficult, but we're trying to walk that path. Yes, we get off, we get steps forward, two steps back, you know, two steps forward, one, you know, it's, it's a journey, but we need to be moving in that way. So who celebrates communion? There's a person who said yes to Christ. When we examine our hearts, and you hear me talk about that regularly, when we examine our hearts is to say, am I walking in that direction? Am I following Christ? Because if I'm playing games with that, Dante's looking just to slap you down, but if I'm playing games with that, I'm playing games with that. Jesus, God's son, our savior, died for us, and that should affect the way we live. It should affect the way I live on a regular daily basis, just the way it's supposed to be. So, how? Kind of already got into this. It ought to be a way of life. So these symbols represent a way of life. If you're not a Christ follower, you might be a person that believes in God, but you'd say, I'm, I have not made that decision. I, you know, that, that's okay. That this, this, what I'm going to say isn't necessarily for you. It's not bad things to do. But if you're a Christ follower, it ought to be a way of life. Heard me say this in different ways, haven't said it in a while, but uh, we should really be grateful when we celebrate communion, when we look at baptism. We look back and remember what we have as a Christ follower. And we go, wow. Did you digest some of the songs we just sung? Or were they just symbols that rolled off your mouth and our hearts weren't engaged? I tell you, I'm around this stuff so much, it's so easy for my heart not to be engaged. I'm trying to help pull off a Sunday service. I'm thinking about that. It's interesting, I heard the worship team practicing, the praise team practicing this morning. Before they start practicing, they get here, you know, anywhere from 7.30, some get here earlier, set everything up, 8 o'clock, it's time to go. But when um, uh, Rachel led them in prayer, she talked about their hearts basically being engaged. Let this not just be a performance when we're singing up here. We want to have some kind of engagement with our hearts. So when we celebrate either one, 
this more regularly, this every once in a while, we look back to what Christ did and we remember what we have. Read this a couple weeks ago. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all but the sin. He knows what it's like to be human. And he still came for us without the sin, without the disobedience, without the selfishness. How much more then will the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, the Holy Spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, Lamb of God, cleansed our conscience from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. So we think about what we have. We look back. Also, there's this idea of joy. We look forward and renew our hope. Hard weeks. All of us are dealing with all kinds of different things, and, and some things uh, just weigh us down, and sometimes it's not the, not the event. It's just, it just weighs us down. Finally, there's a, a straw that breaks the camel's back, and it's a little thing, and we lose it. We've had enough. We celebrate communion. We see a baptism, and we know we can renew our hope. We're just passing through this world. We want to make a difference when we pass through the world. We want to live and love like Jesus when we pass through the world, but we are passing through this world. This is not your permanent home if you've said yes to Christ. You've got eternity. You've got heaven. And if you read the book that Caleb talked about, Revelation, you're going to see that someday Jesus, God, creates a new heavens and a new earth with sin eradicated, with no more wars, with no people killing each other like we're watching on the news all over the place. We can have hope even when we're weighed down heavy with what's going on in our own lives and what's going on around the world. And I hope you know what's going on around the world. I say that often. You and I need to be praying for it. Watch the news and make it your prayer list. Watch the news and make it your prayer list. Pray for those Israelites, Israelis that are dealing with the aftermath. Pray for those people who live in Gaza that are stuck. It's not all those people that are Hamas. It's not all those people that are Hamas. Just imagine you if you got stuck in a place where 20% of the people had all the weapons, all the guns, all the whatever, and you just kind of were living there, and they were doing horrible things, and they needed to be dealt with, and you were kind of just in the way. There's, it's, it's, uh, there's no satisfying answers for any of this. It's not like I'm like, great, Israel, just destroy, kill everybody over there. They, they, they needed to deal with it. They do. It's, 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 it's horrible all around. Don't take any pleasure on anybody getting what they deserve because we know, because of these two symbols, we deserve some things too. So look forward and renew your hope. That doesn't mean don't enjoy life as it unfolds before you. Enjoy it while you have it. Enjoy it while it unfolds. But know that this is not your home. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this, never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. Do you believe that? 
Or is that just a nice little saying? I hope you believe that. Because no matter how good life is or how bad life is, what God has in store for the person who loves God, who says yes to him, is just going to blow your mind. Worse than being called Nicol instead of Michael. Remember that. Humility. Look within and refocus your search for things that do not align with the way God would have you live. Not because you're worried about getting like a spiritual spanking. That kind of can happen. But you just want to please a God that would give his son for you. Because I want to please him. I want to make sure I'm pleasing him. So you with humility, you look at yourself, you don't think about somebody else. You don't go, yeah, I hope Joe over there is hearing this message because he really needs to refocus the search on some things that are out of line. No, think about yourself. Think about yourself so you can live a more pleasing God, not leaving like, not so you can earn God's love because you already have it, but just because you want to please him because you love him. You want to do that. Look into your own heart before you eat the bread and drink the cup. You get the idea. We also want to serve. We want to look around and redeploy our love, your love. You're not having this relationship with God. You're not so that you have eternity insurance. You're not doing it for that reason. I don't know about you, but I, our actually, we got our, our renewal policy and property insurance. Your house insurance is going up. Check it. <laughs> Check it. It's going up crazy. This isn't, this isn't what this is. isn't like property, like future insurance. It's about you're thankful for what Christ has done for you, and you want to spread the love around. You want others to come to know Jesus you want others to say yes to Jesus so they can have that hope, they can have that joy that you have. It's pretty selfish. It's pretty selfish to have that hope just for yourself. You ought to look at how God's wired you, made you, so you are making a difference for your pointy friend. Blown away by all the activity that I saw taking place on Friday night. 500, I don't care if it was 300 people, 500, maybe 600 people coming through here. A number of people said to me, how much does this cost? I said, it's free. Free. And they still wanted to pay me. So I took the money. I kept it on No, I did not do that. I didn't even, I thought about that for a second. But no, I did not think. So, so, so then I would need to be, uh, anyway. But um, I said, you know, it's very odd. The per I said, it's very odd. You know, here we are at church, and we really don't want your money tonight. Another time we might want your money, but not tonight. So, so you know, so we want to tell you that we love this community. We are thankful to be here, and we want to get a you to get a glimpse of our heart for you because of God's heart for you. That's why we did it. So you look around, serve. Try to figure out how to do that. Early church, take a look at it, in, in Corinth, was doing this horribly. They were getting together for potluck dinners, and it was all about who had what, and they didn't share. It's just, it's a disaster. 
Read about it. It's, it's horrendous. You know, Paul was just blown away. So then when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another person gets drunk at their communion celebration. Love other people. You notice in your program, there's a love offering uh, envelope. That's for beyond your regular giving, and that helps us to be ready to help people. We help people all the time, inside the church, outside the church. Just gets us ready to go. But that's just scratching the surface. There are so many ways. Just the way people cared for us this week with my dad, uh, you know, hearing, it just goes on and on and on and on. So Jesus has made a difference in your life. You make a difference in others' lives. You deploy, deploy the love. So when we think about these ideas, how you look determines is determined by where you look. So if you're going to look like a fully devoted Christ follower, not a perfect, but you're looking like you're someone who's following Christ, it's because you're looking at Jesus. And these two symbols are looking at Jesus. And they're not to just be, uh, you know, figures, you know, nice little things. They're supposed to be more than a symbol. It's supposed to impact our lives. How you look is determined by where you look. So church family, it is a delight to be on the planet and to be able to point to Jesus in times like these. Whether it's your own personal time or whether it's the worldwide time because people need to see Jesus lived out. So do it, folks. Not any big deal about you now. If you've said yes, you're all set. But again, how sad to say, I'm all set. I've got mine. I've got my salvation. The heck with everybody else. Because that's literally what we're saying when it doesn't register into Heavenly, this, Heavenly Father, this is heavy stuff. We thank you for these two symbols that you've given to us that are transformational when they have ripple effects into our lives. Lord, may we live in light of what baptism means, new life in Christ. May we live in light of what communion means. Looking back, looking within, looking around, and looking to the future when you restore everything. Lord, we want to see as many folks there as possible. So help us to point to you with a passion, with a sense of urgency. And we're thankful that the power of your message could bid men to gospel. And rise as we fall on the fact that you followed resurrected.